brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 159. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to share overall wellness topics, money topics, vegan entrepreneurship, mental health, wellness, all of those good stuff, because this is truly a lifestyle. I love to talk about veganism, but we want to have a good life, right? So all of those topics are covered on the show. Be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and on YouTube. I'm Brown Vegan on both of those platforms. So yes, as always, I hope you're having an amazing day. I appreciate you tuning in, hanging out with me, all of that good stuff. And yeah, I'm having another conversation with you. We are going to be hanging out with a yummy vegan on the podcast today. But before I get into that, I want to shout out one of our listeners. And her name is Mom's Light. Her comment is, love this show. I always learn something new. Thank you so much, Mom's Light, for leaving that five-star review, supporting the show. It's an easy and free way to do that. And of course, if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to go show some love on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is search Brown Vegan, follow the show, scroll down, tap five stars, and leave a review so that I can read it on a future episode. Thank y'all. So yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into this conversation with Angel. We chat a lot about international travel and how she's able to make that work for her as someone who loves to travel, being vegan, what that looks like for her on these trips, meeting people, some of her favorite places in the world where she's enjoyed vegan food, how to manage some of that vegan, I I call it vegan fatigue. It's just something I made up, like a a travel fatigue. When you're traveling with people that aren't vegan, how are you able to manage that? And, you know, finding options in places where it's not typical to find vegan food. And we also chat about her love of raw food and how she basically has a raw food lifestyle. I will call her a raw foodist because she doesn't even use her stove. So I figure she's probably not really eating much cooked food. How she puts her smoothies together, some of the meals that she's enjoying, and also, of course, the benefits of eating raw. And finally, we chat about vegan dating. And does her man have to be vegan? The man that she's interested in, does he have to be vegan? So I know that's like an important topic for a lot of people. So she's going to share her her thoughts on that. And of course, I'm going to share mine. As always, you can get all of the show notes for this episode at brownvegan.com under episode 159. Be sure also to go follow Angel on her Instagram. Her page over there is a yummy vegan. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. So I became vegan mainly for the animals. When I first discovered the whole concept of veganism, I guess I was kind of living in a bubble before. And so it wasn't until 2018, about four years ago, that I was taken to a vegan restaurant by a vegetarian woman whom I met on a yoga workshop trip in Budapest, Hungary. 
And I was blown away that there was such a, a thing where I didn't have to keep asking for no dairy, no eggs, no meat, no fish. And it was just a really eye-opening experience for me. And I just kind of just dove right into it and started to Google other vegan restaurants in the city. And I found another one that was super yummy. And from there, I just made a decision that I wanted to just figure this out. Previously, I was vegetarian, pescatarian for over 20 years. Hmm. So I was already accustomed to ordering my meals without dairy, eggs, and meat. And I had also narrowed my seafood consumption to wild salmon because I'd heard about some other toxicity in the other fish and seafood that were out there. And so I'd already narrowed, as I said, down to a limited, I guess, type of fish and so forth. So I was just so relieved that there was such a thing called a vegan restaurant. And then you know, because I wasn't really into media, I, I, I didn't really follow a lot of the news and the media. I really was just not fully aware of what veganism was, which is quite probably surprising. And I really wish I had figured this out before. And so, yes, at, at that point in the spring of 2018, I told myself, well, you know, figure this out. And so I started to, in my mind, think that I was already vegan because I was making vegan food choices. However, as the months progressed, I realized that I was really more plant-based because I didn't understand that veganism was beyond the plate. It was beyond food. It involved, you know, clothing, skincare, furnishings, travel, entertainment, etc. And then little by little I figured it out and I just decided, okay, yes, now now I understand fully what veganism is. It is a lifestyle. It's not just a diet. And so of course I started to pay attention to what I was consuming, you know, outside of my diet. And so that's kind of how my journey progressed along the way. Mm -hmm. Did you feel overwhelmed when you realized that it was more than your food? Because I know some people say that they're like, oh my goodness, it's just one more thing I have to do. It's not, I'm never going to be vegan enough. Did that overwhelm you? How did you feel about that? It was a little bit confusing at the beginning, particularly when I discovered, for example, that honey is not vegan. I was like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. what else don't I know? <laughs> or I didn't even fully understand, you know, why wool wasn't vegan or silk wasn't vegan. And, you know, I really had to dig deep into myself to make this a lifestyle and also when I, in my, I would say in my first six months to a year, when I was traveling, I would sometimes consume a vegetarian meal item. And when I was running through an airport and I didn't have like a, you know, an airplane meal and I would say, oh, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just have this vegetarian quiche or this um, vegetarian croissant just, 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 just for now. And, and then after that, I will go back to eating what I understood was a vegan diet. And so it really took me a while to really dedicate myself to this exclusion of animal content in my diet and lifestyle. And I had a conversation with someone about, you know, this, this whole topic of sometimes making an exception when I was, for example, in a, in a certain situation where I felt like, oh my gosh, I need something to eat. 
her view on on this type of, I guess, decision making process was more along the lines of, well, you know, that's a that's like a survival mechanism. You know, she she kind of looked at uh, she's raw vegan and she kind of looked at, for example, even cooked foods or, you know, animal based as survival foods. And that really resonated with me in the sense that, yes, you know, in retrospect, I do understand that in my mind, I was in survival mode because, you know, when I don't eat enough, I feel, you know, weak and a little bit lightheaded sometimes. And so I, I felt that I was kind of in a survival mode when I would make those decisions to eat a vegetarian meal as I was running through an airport or something like that. So yeah, it was, it was, it was tricky at the beginning. And then I basically learned more and more and I just decided, yeah, I'm not going back to eating, you know, animal base or, or making these uh, exceptions here and there. So that's, that's how it developed over time. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you have like a lot of support though, that you, you know, you know, raw vegans, you met someone who took you to a vegan restaurant at one point. So are these people that you met during your travels or just people that you know in your everyday life? I met them on my trips. Nice, nice. <laughs> I didn't nice. know any vegans in my real life, you know, back home. I didn't know anybody who was a vegan. And I was actually the exception to almost everyone in my inner circle and extended circle who was a vegetarian slash pescatarian. I was even the type of vegetarian who was excluding dairy and eggs from my diet because I have lactose intolerance, like about two thirds of the global population, I guess. And I had already started to exclude those, you know, ingredients from my diet even before I went vegan or plant-based, plant forward. So yeah, I, I was just used to being the only one who was eating differently. And along the years, because I was doing it for over 20 years, progressively, I just started eliminating some of the animal-based ingredients and people just got used to it. And, <laughs> and I, I, of course, got used to it and I just felt so much better. So, but it, but it was, you know, a bit difficult, like, like to be the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how was it as far as the travel? Because are you someone who traveled a lot? Because I get the feeling that you do or you did. I did before the world <laughs> kind of went a little bit, shall we uh -huh. say, upside down here about two years yeah. ago. So yeah, I was traveling and quite a bit. I was or am a bit of a, a yoga tourist. I used to go to different locations for yoga workshops, yoga events. And I was always a foodie from childhood. And of course, food <laughs> was a huge component of my experience wherever I was. And that's really how I started a yummy vegan in 2018 by trying to prove to myself and also to inspire others that it is possible to travel and, and still honor our decision to eat a vegan diet and live a vegan lifestyle. And so my travels really helped me also to see but it was possible to do it. And, uh, you know, we didn't have to compromise. And yes, there were times when, gosh, I would just eat French fries, quite frankly, or, yes. you know, olives or, you know, some, some veggies <laughs> sauteed and some olive oil and bread. I mean, there were times, you know, I have photos. <laughs> <And> so, 
<laughs> However, I I just really felt like this was the best decision for me. And of course, I later learned for the animals and the planet. And so it was kind of tricky. But, you know, again, travel for me really opened up so many beautifully yummy dishes that you can be just so creative with the plant world that it it was just, you know, a joy to actually explore it. Yeah. So what are some tips that you have for someone who is traveling, especially internationally, where there may be a language barrier? It's just a difference in how we present out, I mean, how we approach things throughout the world. So do you have any tips for people who are looking to travel more as far as making sure that they stay consistent with their decision? Yes. My first tip would be, or, you know, suggestion would be to Check out two apps in particular. One is Happy Cow and the other Mm -hmm. one is A Billion. And these two apps are awesome. They include, you know, restaurants, cafes, businesses all around the world that are either purely vegan or vegan friendly or they have vegan options. I also like to actually use the internet browser wherever I am. Mm-hmm. And I type in vegan near me or vegan restaurant and it pops up even if I'm in another country and the language is not English, because of course my browser is always in English, ex- right. you know, except one time when I was in Greece and it was in Greek. So that was another story. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> anyway, I was not yet vegan. I was still vegetarian, pescatarian. However, what I would say is Use the apps, do your searches. I also like to tell people locally that I am vegan. And sometimes they have recommendations or they've heard of some place that's vegan. And so, you know, I will get a kind of little tip like that. And I also just love going to traditional restaurants that are local where the locals hang out because I love like, you know, mingling with the locals. And what I, what I do is I either, if they don't have a purely vegan option on the menu, I ask for a, a customization of a dish, like excluding, you know, excluding the chicken, excluding the fish, because I was already used to doing that for over 20 years anyway, as a, as a vegetarian pescatarian, or, you know, exclude the eggs, exclude the cheese, etc. So I really had that mindset and, and I was just used to it. And so I just continued doing it. And then it was really great sometimes too, because the, you know, the kitchen would end up creating something totally special for me because I didn't, I didn't want to eat what was on the menu or another, you know, situation that I found. And, you know, a lot of people probably heard about this is you can actually find dishes that are accidentally vegan. In Spain, for example, there are certain dishes like, you know, certain tomato salads or certain mushroom dishes or certain, you know, veggie dishes that, you you know, what I would do is just basically combine several side dishes to make a, a meal. And I even do that in the U.S. sometimes when, you know, I go somewhere and they do not have a specific vegan option, I will order like a salad and you know, a side of guacamole and, you know, I don't know, like add this or that to it. And, and yeah, I just kind of concoct my own combination to make a meal. So there, there are various ways we can get around it. And one other option I would also suggest is 
especially, well, I wouldn't say especially, but if you are making a reservation in some restaurants, they have like a little form that you can fill out. And if you have allergies, et cetera, or something like that. And so, you know, I just put vegan or, uh, you know, something like that. And then that kind of gives them, I guess, a little bit of a heads up and that, oh yeah, well, she's going to come in here and ask for, you know, a special dish that doesn't include animal content. So yeah, I mean, there are various ways I could go on and on. I, you know, in my, in my ebook, how to go vegan as singles, couples, families, and friends, I also talk about travel in there. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, there are different uh, suggestions. You know, I, I, I think it's easier than we might originally think. And I just want to encourage everyone to dive in and enjoy it. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a journey and it's a beautiful adventure, even if you're traveling or if you're at home. So yeah, that's what I would suggest. Yeah. I agree about, you know, thinking about what's in the kitchen instead of focusing so much on what the entrees are on the menu. Cause I know for me, for instance, if I go to a restaurant, it says, you know, they have mushroom burger. Well, then I know you have mushrooms in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like thinking about outside of what the main entree is. And like, like you said, kind of putting meals together that way is really helpful. How do you overcome like some of the travel fatigue as far as feeling like there's not any options when you're eating? Like you mentioned, sometimes you're eating French fries for a couple of days or a couple of meals. How do you keep, how do you feel encouraged during that time? Because I just know as someone who has traveled for, you know, like a couple of weeks at a time, you know, the first few days is okay, right? You're like, okay, that's fine. I'm eating fries again. And then after a while, it's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> like, what do I do now to make sure that I keep the same energy and that, that, that I'm not drawn to eating what everyone else is eating? Like this, I think it will be really helpful for people who are brand new and have their first trip with other people that may not be vegan. Like, how do you suggest people navigate that? Yeah, that's a really beautiful question. I developed this strategy as, you know, the months and years went on to rely on juice bars, smoothie bars, and supermarkets. Ooh, <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. I find that if I'm in a location where there are not a lot of options, I search for what, you know, what I was just recommending a juice bar. I can get like loads of, uh, you know, cold pressed, hopefully organic juices, a salad bar. I just Google like salad near me. And then, you know, you can get like these salad places where of course, you know, we as vegans will exclude the animal ingredients and and you can like, Mm -hmm. you know, mix and match and put a lot of, uh, you know, plant ingredients on there. And I also, you know, have found finding a supermarket (laughs) nearby and keeping, for example, you know, nuts and seeds and fruits and veggies in my room. Then, you know, in my hotel room, wherever I'm, I'm located, that really helps me to get, you know, enough plant foods into me even though I might've just had some fries somewhere or I might've just, you know, had like, shall we say a less than spectacular combination of side (laughs) dishes. And so I really, I really just see it as a lifestyle, as a choice. And I know why I'm doing it. Therefore it's, it, it, it feels less difficult and it feels less challenging. And I take it as an opportunity and as an adventure to explore 
what what is even available in the local supermarkets, you know, and 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 again, all these little, you know, beautiful, cute little juice bars and smoothie bars, etc. So that's really how I, you know, go about it, like not to feel so, oh, you know, wow. And yeah. I was in Prague, the Czech Republic in 2019. And I wanted to just like mingle with the locals. And I ended up going to this restaurant and was super, super popular. And they didn't have any vegan options. And I ended up having a plate of white rice and a plate of boiled potatoes and something oh. to drink. And I even oh. posted a photo on Instagram about it, but I didn't name the restaurant because I wasn't trying to embarrass anybody. I was just showing, well, hey, this is what happens sometimes when we want to, you know, remain on our vegan journey and we might end up having a less than idea less than shall we say you know spectacular meal and so yeah I mean I just kind of roll with it to be honest I love that answer yes that's so good that's so good so I guess on the positive side because I don't want it to all just be about scarcity I want it to be on a positive side so tell us like some places throughout the world where you felt like it was very very easy to thrive as a vegan during your travels Yes, I love that question. One of my favorite questions in the world. My top locations that I've experienced thus far are Madrid, Spain, Prague in the Czech Republic, Dublin, Ireland, and Portland, Oregon. I think those are my top four so far. And Madrid has tons of like specifically vegan restaurants. And Prague as well has, has quite a few. And, and what I love is that, you know, they, they make, they, they veganize their local dishes. So you can get like dumplings and all kinds of amazing dishes that are vegan and they're just veganizing what, whatever everyone else is eating. And I found Dublin, although they don't have a lot of uh, specifically vegan restaurants, they are quite vegan friendly, similar to some cities in Australia where I visited like Sydney and Melbourne. They also don't have tons and tons of vegan restaurants. However, they have vegan options on the menus. It's almost like they, they know, of course, that we exist as vegans and they want to give us some options. And so, you know, I've really discovered like some amazing dishes there as well. And then Portland, Oregon is kind of a mix. They have like great, you know, selections at pure vegan restaurants. And then they also have, you know, the, the, the traditional restaurants where they offer a vegan option. And so you don't feel like you are missing out too much and you can mm-hmm. still mingle with everyone else. So those would be my that. top suggestions that I've experienced so far. Cool. So what about some of the things that you enjoy to eat while you're at home? Like what is some of the things, your go-to meals to keep things simple for yourself? What do you like to do? Yes. So In 2019, I became raw vegan. I stumbled across this concept and I was just drawn to it. I just tried it out and I just felt really great. I just decided, okay, I'm going to be raw vegan. And so that doesn't mean that I never, ever eat cooked foods. However, it has become like less and less frequent that I do. And so I actually don't use the stove in my apartment I have it, I have it as like a countertop, like a surface. And I, you know, store my spices on it and my cutting <laughs> board and, you know, some other items. And so 
I mainly at home create different smoothies. I combine fruits and vegetables in there and lots of herbs and spices and some water, different superfood powders in there as well, some mushroom powders. And then I eat a lot of basically fresh fruit, to be honest with you. I just chop it up or eat it whole. I try to stay seasonal and organic and as local as I can, although being in the Northeast, that's not always possible. So a lot of my produce comes from the West Coast. So, you know, because we're in winter now in the Northern Hemisphere, I'm, you know, enjoying lots of citrus from like the California area or pears that come from like Washington up there in the Northwest or, you know, so I just switch it out uh, depending on which season we are in. And then I eat nuts and seeds as, as you know, parts of my meals as well. So I, I'm not the type of person who like creates a meal that would maybe look like a traditional meal anymore. I'm really more in the, I guess, in the mode of smoothies and fresh fruits and, and just combining a lot of what you know, might surprise people. I even put like leeks and, and celery root and carrots and beets in my smoothies and just make a whole concoction. And, and it's just so, just so exciting. I just love it. You know, I get all these colors and flavors and textures and I love it. So that's, that's how my meals look throughout the day. Yeah. So I always tell y'all that you can truly enjoy everything you love as a vegan. That includes cookies. That's why I'm working with Maxine's Heavenly for this episode of the show. I told y'all before about their super soft cookies, but today we're going to talk about how much I love their new line of crispy homestyle cookies. Like the super soft ones, the crispy cookies are sweetened with natural, unrefined sugar. They don't have a million ingredients and they're gluten free. Don't let the gluten free scare you away because you do not sacrifice on taste and they definitely take care of your sweet tooth. My favorite ones are the chocolate chip because, of course, I love chocolate. Also, I feel like every time I bite into it, it's a chocolate chip in each bite. It's just so crispy. It's just really good together. My son Elijah approves. You all know that's my picky eater. He said we should get more boxes. So make sure you head on over to MaxinesHeavenly.com and use the discount code BROWNVEGAN to save 25% on your first purchase. That's MaxinesHeavenly.com, discount code BROWNVEGAN as one word. I'll also be sure to link them in the show notes and blog posts for this episode. Wow. So outside of feeling well, because that's why, of course, it sounds like you're drawn to this lifestyle as far as being a raw vegan. What other benefits are there to being a raw vegan? Because when I think it's funny, because you know how sometimes when people who aren't vegan, they're like, vegan just seems like a lot. But then the idea of being raw vegan, I'm like thinking to myself, I would probably eat all day long to feel satisfied. (laughs) So what other type of benefits are you noticing with this transformation for yourself? Yeah, yeah, I know. Sometimes raw veganism seems a bit out there for some people. Some people do like a raw till four. So they, you know, will have like breakfast and lunch and so forth for, you know, on the raw side. And then in the evening, they'll have a warm cooked meal because they just feel more comfortable that way. And, you know, that's awesome too. I personally just feel that my digestion is better. I don't feel as heavy and sluggish as when I eat cooked vegan meals my mood is better. I mean, I I just find myself, you know, I just love fruit, for example. And 
just like, you know, eating, I, I had a, you know, <laughs> some, some red apples, uh, you know, a red apple that I chopped up before our conversation. And it just, uh, it just makes me want to like, do a little dance. And I find myself like dancing or, you know, I'm like drinking a superfood drink that has, for example, raw camu camu in it and some herbs and spices or, you know, a, a drink that has like, you know, wheatgrass in it and herbs and spices and, and some other greens in there. And I don't know, I just feel like my vibration is just so much better and my energy is better. And, you know, I'm super hydrated and I love it, to be honest. I mean, you know, my, my main benefits are my mood, my vibration, my energy. I know, you know, I'm, I know I'm getting really great nutrition and I'm getting all these flavors, all the colors, the reds, oranges, yellows, greens, blues, purple, whites, brown. So I love all the colors as well. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting a beautiful experience, even though it's not kind of the maybe traditional way that, you yeah. know, we were brought up to eat. But I, I super enjoy it, to be honest, making even little taco salads and little, you know, wraps uh, with either like romaine or the shell, the, 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 the kind of like semicircle shapes, for example, the iceberg lettuce, you know, when you cut it in half and it, it has these like little circles. So I put fruits in there, you know, and then you can like maybe drizzle a little dressing that you can make in the blender or just drizzle like some lemon juice or some, you know, orange juice or something. So yeah, I, I really enjoy it. <laughs> That's great. So I feel like you don't, of course, because you're eating a lot of raw. Are you eating? Because it sounds like you have some variety, which is amazing. Because I could see myself if I did it, I would probably just eat like a bowl of oranges or a bowl of bananas or a bowl of apples or something like that. So I like how you have fun with your food. You know, like you bring different flavors together, smoothies, juices, wraps, things like that. So when you meal plan for the week, are you planning around a lot of different things or are you usually gravitating to, like you said, the seasonal items? How does that usually look for you when you plan your food? Yes, I plan my meals basically on whatever I get in the supermarket. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And I, I, I challenge <laughs> myself, I challenge myself to mix it up, to get different fruits and vegetables when I go each time, because, you know, it is important to get variety. And one of my favorite sayings in, in, in life is variety is the spice of life. And I want to get, you know, a wide variety of nutrients and colors and textures and flavors. So for example, I went to the supermarket today and I got some cilantro, like some, you know, the, the actual fresh herb with all the leaves and some oranges and, you know, a certain type of apples. And so I will just like in the next couple of days, those will be the basis of my smoothies and my mono meals, I guess you could say, like eating either yeah. apple, apples alone or oranges alone. And I have nuts and seeds. So I, you know, snack on those and I add a lot of herbs and spices to my smoothies in the morning. And then I kind of sip on that smoothie through the morning and the, and the afternoon, early afternoon. And then sometime in the afternoon to evening, I'll have like more fruit that I'll just chop up or eat, eat whole by itself and some nuts or, you know, nuts. And, and so, yeah, I just kind of like go with the flow like that. And then a lot, a lot of hydration that mm-hmm. includes either some fruit, you know, elements in it or, and, or vegetable elements, it's usually both. So I just kind of have a steady flow of these meals. You know, if I get red beets, then I will make some smoothies. 
that are based on the beets, for example, you know, lemons that are blended with the beets and with some cilantro and either either apples or oranges or pears. The other day I had, you know, pears that was the kind of the foundation of my big smoothie because my smoothie is really big. It's like <laughs> the full the full blender and sometimes even oh, wow. more when I do like a like an extra little batch. And so it could be like, you know, basically I don't know. Sometimes I I have like two quarts, to be honest. Like I'm, I usually have like, you know, half a gallon of smoothies. Again, I'll just sip them uh, throughout the morning and the afternoon. So yeah, that's kind of how I like to do it. And I just enjoy it like that. But I do rotate, you know, I'll put even like leeks or fennel or bok choy or celery root and just, you know, combine it, combine all the flavors and textures. So that's how I, I like to do it. Mm-hmm. So what this time of year, because I know that you live in a colder climate, do you feel like you need some of the warmer things this time of year? I know you're not like sitting outside in the snow or anything like that, but do you notice that you kind of want some of those warmer dishes this time of year? Not really, because I have these little techniques that I use to keep the meals with a warm energy to them. So I use warming spices like cinnamon and cayenne and lots of grounding herbs as well, like thyme and rosemary and ginger, turmeric, black pepper, lots of grounding herbs that really give me that warming feeling. And so I really don't even feel cold. And of course I'm eating, I don't, I don't put my food in the refrigerator either. So when I bring my, you know, produce home, I don't put them in the refrigerator. And, you know, I talk about that in my ebook, like, you know, basically, you know, how to thrive on a raw vegan diet in winter and year round, because I know it is a challenge for some people. And I personally have just found ways to get around it. And I, I really don't crave like a hot meal. And I think partly it's because I know like, you know, I just feel so heavy and so sluggish after a, a, a cooked vegan meal. And so I just kind of gravitate towards the, the raw side. A lot of food. <laughs> yeah. And so I just kind of, you know, just find ways to make it warm and spicy. And, and of course that, you know, generates in your body and you know, like I was saying with the cayenne or the ginger or the cinnamon, cardamom, all those warming spices are really awesome. And I really don't feel like I'm missing anything last fall. At the, so the end of last year, you know, with this whole lockdown situation and, you know, everyone's just kind of a little bit, I don't know, like a little bit social distancing, but not really too much anymore. And, you know, if I wanted like a change of, of what I was eating at home, then I did, you know, have some cooked meals in restaurants. And I would have like a, for example, I went to the to an Asian restaurant and had like a, a bibimbap with some rice and veggies and mushrooms that are steamed up and all that all mixed up to get, you know, they kind of make it beautiful and pretty. And, you know, so I'll have like something like that, or I had like a stir fry with rice and veggies and mushrooms there as well, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I guess I really gravitate towards a cooked meal when I just want to like have a change of scenery, you know, because it's just been so challenging for the whole world in the last couple of years. That's really why I would gravitate towards a cooked meal. You know, that's how I see it. Yeah. 
I wanted to talk to you, kind of switch subjects a little bit and kind of talk about vegan dating because I thought that would be fun. Sure. <laughs> as someone who, yeah, as someone who travels a lot, you're like really open to meeting new people in new places. How has that been as a vegan? Like, what are some of the things that you are looking for when you're dating someone? Does this person have to be vegan or does it really matter to you? How does that look? So I have decided that I prefer to find a guy who is vegan. I am in midlife and I have decided that at this point in my life, I want to find someone who is vegan because I really don't want to go through the whole conversation and the whole awkward energy of explaining everything and maybe creating a bit of discomfort with a guy who's not vegan. And so what I have, you know, again, this has been, you know, the last two years have been a a bit different than before. And so what I've been doing in the last, I think, year and a half, once I realized that this kind of, you know, world situation was, was not like a two week situation. It was, it was longer, it was going to be longer than a two week situation. And so I joined some vegan dating groups on Facebook, And I had like some, you know, some virtual dates or conversations with guys in different locations. Also on Bumble and Tinder, there are plant-based and or vegan, I guess you could say interest codes or interests that you can put. And so I, of course I I, I put a vegan (laughs) and on, on one of them, you can put both. And so I just put both. And so I did end up having, you know, a couple of conversations with guys who are vegan and, but you know, they haven't gone anywhere. Like these conversations haven't progressed anywhere. And so, yeah, I, 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 I've really decided, you know, unless I meet a person in person, if I meet a man in person and it is not setting out from the outset that, you know, I am looking to date him if we if we get to know each other. And then at some point it will be revealed that I am vegan and then I can figure out how he feels about that, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I personally have decided to manifest a vegan man for myself <laughs> rather than trying to have those awkward conversations with, with a man who's not vegan yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like so tricky for, yeah, I, I can understand. I love how you're so clear about what you want, but I, I think that for me, I would be afraid. I mean, I'm, I'm dating someone now I have a boyfriend now, but I think I would be afraid to limit myself if it's just a vegan man. I think it's kind of like one of those things where I would be thinking, Maybe somebody that's not necessarily vegan would be a better match for me if he was open and understanding and he would try the food and he was respectful. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if it's kind of limiting. What do you think? Yes. My my coach has told me that I need to be more (laughs) open and I have resisted this to a large extent because you know what you want because you know what you want yes (laughs) (laughs) and he my coach is really trying to get me to think more along the lines of how you're thinking that if he is open well my coach calls it if he's open to influence then he might be a person who could be a good match for me who is very open-minded etc etc and i really struggled with that And 
I guess I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit stubborn, I don't really know, or maybe <laughs> I'm just like sticking to, you know, this idea that, well, my gosh, you know, I'm already in midlife, I, you know, it's not like I'm 20 years old, and I can, you know, I, that I have like, you know, 80 years ahead of me, and et cetera, et cetera. So you make a valid point, And I totally understand that. And I have just decided at this point, you know, I kind of bounce around, to be honest, about this whole strategy and this whole approach as to whether I should be more flexible, quote unquote, or if I should really hone in on finding a vegan man. So it is quite a dilemma at the moment. And I I really don't know. I mean, I guess I'll just have to figure this out at some point. (laughs) No rush, right? <laughs> well, for me, I think there's no. a rush. I no, so, there's not a know. rush. <laughs> I think it's a rush. You know, I mean, you know, I I was married for a very, 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 very long time, and I, I like I like you know having a, a relationship and being married and everything like that, and so I really want to find someone. So for me, I do feel like there is a rush. Quite frankly, however, I know that we're in kind of you know unusual times here. So I'm kind of going with the flow at this point. And it'll come together for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So Angel, you know, I want to talk about your vegan series that you have on Instagram because I was a part of it. That's how we actually initially connected. Yeah. What made you decide to use Instagram as a platform to have conversations with other vegans about this lifestyle? Yes. And first, you know, gosh, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat with me. It was super awesome. And and the energy was awesome with you and with all of our uh, guests who were chiming in in the the conversation. (laughs) What happened was when the world kind of, I don't know, kind of went a different way in March of 2020, I was very, very, very drawn to Instagram and Facebook and just started to spend much more time on social media. And I discovered all of these amazing people all over the world who were hosting these Instagram lives. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And I just love learning from all these people. And, you know, I just was very, very inspired by them. So In August of 2020, I just decided, okay, I'm just going to dive in and do it. I'm just going to start inviting people to (laughs) speak with me on Instagram. And, you know, I focused on vegans at the beginning for sure. And so I just started to invite people. And less than a couple of months ago in December, I reached 100 guests on Instagram lives And about 90% of them are vegan and a few of them are not vegan. And we spoke about other elements of life and wellness, like breathing exercises, like, you know, self-defense, like, you know, uh, life coaching, et cetera. So sustainability, et cetera. So I really, really enjoy speaking, you know, with people and being able to see their faces and, you know, having the our guests in the audience chiming in, et cetera. And so that was really the way I just decided to do it. And I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Are you on a weekly basis now? So I took a pause between the end of year holidays in December. And I have now relaunched my invitation flow. And I already have two people for next week. So I will be picking up 
my, you know, kind of interview flow there on, on Instagram live, uh, in about a week. And nice. I'm super looking forward to it. And I just have loads of, you know, people. I just love to reach out and see if they're interested. And then yeah. we take it from there. <laughs> and it was so it was so calming and relaxing. And I felt very comfortable, even though Instagram, like live video always kind of makes me nervous because I'm just <laughs> I tend to like keep going and I don't know how to shut up. So that's why it makes me nervous to do like something live like that. And I did appreciate how comfortable and like how you made it so welcoming for me. Is that something that was natural for you? Are you naturally just somebody that's like that? Or is it something that is, I don't even know if this is is like a weird question, but how do you, first of all, determine who you want on your show? And then how do you determine what type of vibe you want for your show? Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for that. And I I have so many of my guests who have responded to me because I like to send a thank you message after we, (laughs) you know, finish our conversation. I've already uploaded, you know, the live to my feed and stories. And, you know, of course it stays on IGTV. And I've had so many people tell me that they were nervous and they, they just felt, you know, just so at ease with me or it was awesome, or it was great and fantastic. And thank you so much, et cetera, et cetera. So that really surprised me because for me, it was normal. It was natural. Right. I I really didn't expect for people to even have that reaction because for me, that's just normal. Like that's just how a conversation should be. Like I didn't really quite (laughs) grasp it when I first started to receive that feedback. So thank you for that. And thanks to all the others who said the, you know, some similar comments to me and really the way I choose or I, 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 you know, reach out to people is basically people I'm following, people whom I think are interesting, who, you know, have something. They don't even necessarily all have like a service or a product or anything that they are offering. I just like to speak with vegans all over the world and basically create that connection and give vegans a voice and a visibility and just spread the vegan message and just learning how how everyone came to this decision and how everyone started their journey and how it's going mm-hmm. for them and what were the challenges, et cetera, what's their advice, et cetera. And, you know, if, if others want to collaborate with them, then they can, uh, of course, reach out to them, you know, to kind of continue the conversation. So I personally choose people whom I, you know, think are very interesting, whom I learn from, whom I'm inspired by. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, I just, that's how I take it, to be honest. That's my approach. I love it. Yeah, it's very nice, very conversational. So that's good. (laughs) So yeah, before we wrap up the show, Angel, let us know how we can support your work, follow you on Instagram or anything else you want us to do. Thank you so much, Monique, for this awesome conversation. I really want to, you know, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for this beautiful platform where you are sharing, you know, beautiful energy with, you know, vegans all over the world. And giving people a voice. So I really, really appreciate that and all that you're doing. And people can find me on Instagram. My handle is a yummy vegan. My website is a yummy vegan lifestyle.com. I have five eBooks on Amazon speaking about how to go vegan as singles, couples, families, and friends. I have some that are related to being a raw vegan. 
And I just uploaded one for Valentine's Day, uh, my vegan Valentine love story. Veganism is love. So I will be also, you know, adding some more books as the time goes on. And yeah, that's how people can find me basically. So, and I I also love Clubhouse because I love to chit chat. And so I'm on Clubhouse as well. And my handle there is a yummy vegan. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure getting to know you and just continue to spread the love. Thank you, Monique. And same to you and take good care. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you next week. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.